Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Gosselin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. Well, I know somebody who should be standing in the Hall of Fame today. That's J.J. Watt, guys. About what he's done for the city of Houston. I mean, when we talked to Hall of Fame voter and Houston Chronicle writer John McClain last week, he said the goal was to raise $10 million. Well, guess what? We're close to twice that now. And that's not just a testament to me to what Watt's doing, but it's an acknowledgement of the power of sports figures. Goose, you think so? Yeah, you can close down the voting right now for the NFL Man of the Year Award, yep. which is handled yep. annually for humanitarian efforts. If raising $20 million to rebuild your city isn't worthy enough, stop handing out the award. You know, his original goal was 200000 and he kicked in 100000 to start, and now he's at $20 million. And that's $20 million in county, Goose. Yep, that's a lot of money. That's right. Uh, standing O for J.J. Uh, Watt for sure. Uh, you know, he's even you know he got his mother involved. Uh, she worked in his foundation, and he brought her in to help distribute the money, figure out uh, you know the fastest way to get it to the people who need it the most. I think one of the beauties of these kinds of hands-on local things, as opposed to big, massive national organizations, is you can move quickly and mm-hmm. and more readily with a lot less uh, red tape. I think it's uh, you know it's as you guys point out, it's really. A, Tremendous thing, and not much has been decided in the NFL uh, yet, but uh, the Walter Payton Award, is he should be making room for it. Yeah, I think that's a, a definite. But I, I mentioned that it's an acknowledgement of the power of sports figures, Goose. I think it's also a testament to the power of social media. I mean, it all started with a video appeal that he sent out, I think, uh, last week or a week before. And, and look where we are today. Yeah, the video started, and he continued to provide updates as the donations right. hit milestones. Right. We're at $5 million, we're at $10 million, we're at $50 million. You know, the fundraising effort became a snowball rolling down. You know, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So, bravo, J.J. Watt. Well, where we are today is with 2018 Hall of Fame senior nominee Robert Brazil, as well as Hall of Fame hopeful Andy Russell, who's one of 27 Steelers named last week to the club's first Hall of Honor. We're also going to be joined by Hall of Fame tennis star Rod Laver, who is a Chargers season ticket holder and who will tell us what it's like to start the football season without a football team as well as NFL historian John Turney to join us for predictions about the coming season. And unlike Rod Laver, uh, we do have a team. And you know what? We're going to open the season with it. Starting now, you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Tree. Tree here. Just calling to say thanks for letting me crash at your place the other night. (laughs) Well, on your place. It was a rough night. I had a bit too much wind, and I think I, I might have broke your chimney, actually. So, yeah. Um, oh, any chance you'd want to drop off my tire swing? Yeah. I mean, if not, that's cool. Okay, later. Trees won't pay for tree damage. Luckily, one call to the Geico Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago, you know that? 
Because it's the first week of a new season, we want to get off on the right foot, and so we have invited Rick and Ron to, to participate in the seasons. Not the years, but the seasons. And yes, there's a difference. The season's first town hall residential debate. Now, I know you've heard them on this program before, but not during the 2017 season. So you should know the drill by now. Each respondent gets 45 seconds to make a case. His opponent has 30 to counter. And the original respondent has 15 seconds to close. Whew, that sounds pretty easy. Well, guess what? It's because it is. But warning, warning, guys. If someone exceeds his time limit, he will hear this. Compliments of our producer, Derek Burns, who is not yet leftist. And thank you, Derek, for sticking around. Anyway, you got it, guys? Any nope. questions? Let's get ready to rumble! First question. Ron Borges. Let's get ready to rumble. Adrian Peterson says he wants to, quote, stick it to the Vikings on Monday night. What are his chances? Uh, I'd say 32-year-old running backs, even ones who used to be great, don't have much of a shelf life uh, for various reasons. Adrian Peterson has barely played two of the past three years. That doesn't help. Now, he did sandwich a 1,400-yard season in between, but look, he looks to me like a guy on his last legs. So if he's sticking it to anybody, he may be sticking it to his own team. Ronnie, I think his chances are good. In fact, his legs are fresh, and this is his first game. Now, if this was the 10th week of the season, I wouldn't be as confident. He's 32. That's old running back. History says his body will wear down as the season wears down. Likely the best of Adrian Peterson will be seen in September, not November. So, Vikings, strap it on. Well, uh, here's part of the, the problem he's going to have. He's a running back on a throwing team. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a running back, you might want to go to a running team, which he did not. <laughs> okay, Gooseman. <laughs> you're up next. You're in Dallas. You're knee-deep in the Ezekiel Elliott case. If you're the commissioner, what punishment would you give the guy? First off, you must determine the truth. Is she lying? Is he lying? If Elliott did it, he deserves to sit down for every bit of those six games, if not more. If he didn't do it, then the suspension should be reduced to zero. There's no middle ground here, and that's the way the NFLPA wants it. Either he did it or he didn't. Either it's six games or it's no games. But I'm not sure we'll ever know the truth. When it's all said and done, I think the matter will be decided in the court of law, not by Goodell or Henderson. Ron Borges. Well, I, th I think, as I understand the rule, the minimum penalty is supposed to be six games for domestic violence. That was the change, I believe. So... If that's what it says, then that's what it's, it should be if, in fact, that they decide that's what happened. Forget the whole extenuating circumstance. He either did it or he didn't, like Goose said. Uh, and what I want to know, Goose Man, is if he didn't do it, what did she do? Beat herself up with a bat? <laughs> Those pictures don't help. Rick Oslin, close. It's, it's a he said, she said, and who do you want to believe? Ron Borges, next question yes, is for you. This is a he said for you, Ron. Jacksonville coach. Dirk Cutter says, this week, Jake Cutler is Joe Namath to us. That's a quote. A knock on Namath? Undue praise for Cutler? Or neither? Well, I would say that Dirk has been uh, spending a lot of time uh, hoping that that's the case. Because Joe Namath is 74 years old and can barely move. <laughs> <laughs> Cutler's 34 years old and he can barely move too. So uh, they do bear some resemblance to each other in that case. One assumes the Jags must have been watching Joe's last games with the Rams and not is Super Bowl three performers for the Jets, because if he's that Joe Namath, this game is over. Rick Oslin. Hey, Brian Hoyer let the Jaguars up for 302 yards passing in a game last season. Every quarterback ought to look like Joe Namath in his prime to this defense. In a league that now completes 63% of its passes, you'd better treat every quarterback with respect. 
This isn't about Jay Cutler. It's about playing defense without the ability to hit quarterbacks and receivers. Every quarterback can look like Joe Namath every Sunday. Ron Borges, 15 seconds to close. Many quarterbacks can look like Joe Namath under the new rules. Jay Cutler, not so much. <laughs> okay, and the last one for you, Goose Man. Who or what's the biggest threat to New England this season? The popular pick is going to be Oakland, but here's your warning right now. Keep an eye on Tennessee. They're playing old-fashioned football, and you know me, guys. I'm an old-school advocate. Titans run the ball, control the clock on offense behind one of the NFL's best offensive lines, and they get after the passer on defense. DeMarco Murray won the AFC rushing title a year ago, and the Titans finished second in the AFC in sacks on defense. You beat Tom Brady by first, Keaton Mothfield, and second, knocking him around with the pass rush when he's on the field. The Titans can do both. Ron Borges, 30 seconds rebuttal. What they have to fear is the three-headed monster of the NFL. Complacency, injury, and idiocy. Usually they can avoid the idiocy, injuries, who knows, and they haven't been complacent in a long time. So I think they're in pretty good shape. I'm just stunned that Ron didn't say about the Oakland Raiders, his beloved (laughs) Raiders. I mean, he's sitting there with a patch covering his eye, and he's not talking about the Raiders. I am. And here they come, down the field. Here they come. Goose, I, I meant to ask you on that one, who or what's the biggest threat to New England this season? Outside of Ron Borges. <laughs> exactly right. I'll be there tomorrow night. You, you, you're on the bandwagon, huh, Ron? Yeah, of course I'm on the bandwagon. You know, last time I was there for a Chiefs game, they carried Tom Brady off in a box. <laughs> oh, well, that would certainly change the face of me. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, who do you think? Who do you think is, is, is second? I mean, right now, if you were to pick a second-place team, uh, Ron, if you were to say... Oh, I think it's, the, I think it's the, the Raiders, you know, as long as Carr stays healthy. You saw what happened when he wasn't. But I, I'd say you'd have to say them. Uh, but I think Tennessee's going to be tough, and I think Kansas City's going to be tougher uh, on Thursday night than people think. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I heard that. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you very much, as always. Now, you heard that sound of the gavel. We turned the floor over to Mr. Rick Goslin for his State Your Case, brought to you by Progressive, where customers who switch to Progressive can save themselves as much as $600. Interested? Well, you know what? You should be. Go to Progressive.com and see if you can save yourself hundreds on car insurance. Anyway, Goose, I bet plenty of quarterbacks wish they had insurance for the hits they took from the guy you wrote about on our website, that'd be talkoffamenetwork.com this week, and are promoting for Canton. His nickname alone should qualify Rich Jackson for a Boston Canton. Tombstone. (laughs) Great there was name. no better pass rush, pass rusher in all of football in the late 1960s than Jackson, who collected 10 sacks in 1968, 11 in 69, and 10 more in 70 after the AFL merged with the NFL. And despite increased competition from the elite NFL pass rushers Deacon Jones, Carl Eller, Claude Humphrey, Coy Bacon, Jackson was still voted first-team All-Pro that season. That's the level of respect his play merited. But Jackson suffered a knee injury in the seventh game of 1971 that ended his season. He was still voted to the Pro Bowl that year despite playing fewer than half of his team's games. Again, that's the level of respect his game merited. Jackson returned in 72, but his knee was never the same. After four games, the Broncos traded into Cleveland, where he finished out the season with the Browns. Then he retired. Add it all up, and Jackson, Jackson played only seven seasons, but the first and last one shouldn't even count. His rookie season was a wash in 1966. As an undrafted college-free agent out of Southern, Jackson made the Raiders as a linebacker, but suited up for only five games as a backup. 
Then Al Davis made one of the worst personal blunders of his career, trading Jackson to Denver for aging receiver Lionel Taylor. Taylor never played a down for the Raiders. Denver coach Lou Saban moved Jackson from linebacker to end, where he emerged as a pass-rushing force for the Broncos over the next five years. Bundle up those five seasons in the middle of his career, and Jackson collected 43 and a half sacks. With fellow Bronco Terrell Davis having been enshrined in the, on the strength of four Hall of Fame caliber seasons, maybe the door is ajar for reconsideration of the candidacy of Jackson and other players whose greatness evaporated with an injury. Jackson has spent the last 39 years languishing in the senior pool of the selection process. His career may have been forgotten by the Hall of Fame voters, but his talent should not be. The brevity of his greatness did not prevent AFL media from selecting Jackson as one of the four defensive ends to the all-time All-AFL team. It did not prevent the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame from enshrining him in 1975, nor did it prevent the Broncos from placing him in their ring of honor in 1984. Now his career is worthy of discussion for pro football's highest honor, the Hall of Fame. There are plenty of busts in Canton. It still needs a tombstone. Tombstone. Gotta like that. Was his career one that was just too short uh, to make him a Hall of Fame-worthy guy, Goose? Ron, you know, you, you've seen his senior pool. It's very familiar. If you're a defense player, didn't win a title, you're a long shot. Well, Goose, I know one thing, but nothing else. Tombstone should be in the nickname Hall of Fame, along with today's guest. That'd be Robert Dr. Doom Brazil. He's coming up later. First, it's going to be Rod Laver. He's coming up next. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Tree. Tree here, just calling to say thanks for letting me crash at your place the other night. <laughs> well, on your place. It was a rough night. I had a bit too much wind, and I think I, I might have broke your chimney, actually. So, yeah. Um, oh, any chance you'd want to drop off my tire swing? Yeah. I mean, if not, that's cool. Okay, later. Trees won't pay for tree damage. Luckily, one call to the Geico Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Just a reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You know what? Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, our first guest needs a little introduction. I mean, Rod Laver is simply one of the greatest tennis players ever, if not the best. He not only won a Grand Slam in men's singles, a feat that hasn't been repeated since he pulled it off in 1969. He did it twice. He won 200 singles titles, including a men's record of 10 per year from 1964 through 1970, contributed to five Davis Cup wins, and excelled on every surface imaginable. He is, of course, a member of the Tennis Hall of Fame in Newport, Rhode Island, where I used to live and where I saw him play, and has the aptly named Laver Cup, essentially a Ryder Cup for tennis, coming up later this month. But he was also a season ticket holder of the Chargers when they were in San Diego. And with the Chargers out of town and the U.S. Open on seemingly everywhere, we figured it's a good time to catch up with him. Rod, thanks so much for joining us. (laughs) Ah, it's my pleasure to be a part of it. Well, Rod, I mentioned San Diego. That's where I first met you, uh, thanks to a mutual friend of ours, Jay Paris, in the parking lot outside of Qualcomm Stadium before a game. So let's start there. How much do you miss the Chargers? Do you miss them? And how disappointing is it that the season begins with no team in San Diego? Well, it is. It's terribly disappointing. I think not not just for me, because, yes, I did have season tickets for about uh, about nine or ten years, and 
and, and loved, loved every minute of it. I think Jay Parrish kept me informed of all the little things that he knows about, but that, you know, I, we didn't have these sort of things in Australia, but to be able to see the uh, game and be in the parking lot with all the, the guys that are there. So I think that uh, it, it was a great thrill for me to take my family down and enjoy, you know, a Sunday with uh, with the Chargers. So it is disappointing that uh, the Chargers have gone. I think most of these Charger fans here are pretty much they're just mad that, uh, yeah, right. yeah right. Spanos, Spanos let them down. And so I just, I don't know how much I'll follow them up in L.A., but, you know, I have I have a sneaking hunch that, you know, Spanos probably may decide that selling the team from up there, you know, and 10 years, so, you know, and, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but, I, you know, maybe we'll get another team. Yeah, maybe get the Chargers back. Who knows when they find out that L.A. doesn't care for them. Um, well, let, <laughs> At the let, moment, that's the moment, that's what seems to be happening. Yeah, that, that's right. That's, that's um, well, well, let me ask you this, because I mentioned I, I met you in the in the parking lot outside of Qualcomm, and I did. I'm going to guess it was six or seven years ago, and you were playing Chuckers then, and of course you you, you suckered me mm-hmm. into a game. I thought I had a chance to win, and then you just dusted everybody off. But we played Chuckers then, and, and I know you've done it. You did it, I think, before every game. But somebody said, ask him about the time Chiefs owner Lamar Hunt stopped by to play. So I will. I'll ask you about the time he stopped by to play. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, no, yeah, that Lamar always came to the events when uh, the Chargers were. I mean, when Kansas City was here. So, and it, it was interesting because I saw saw him. You know, coming out, he, he and I with the WCT, we knew each other well enough, and he and Norma. And so I went up to the to his car and I said, "Why don't you come down and play some chuckers with us?" And so, he, and he he had a walking stick at this stage and. And he said, "Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can do that." And <laughs> and so we we had a good game, and it was sort of fun. To, a lot of the people there said, "How did you talk him into coming down here?" And I said, "Well, we're, I think we're pretty good friends, and he's just a normal person that loves loves sports. So this is this may be a new sport for him." Anyway, <laughs> so that was how it, that's how it happened, and it was nice that Lamar did come down, and it was a thrill to be part of the WCT and working with. Uh, he and uh, all the people that were involved in making WCT work. Right. Well, since you mentioned WCT, let me ask you about tennis, because you are a tennis legend, and we're speaking with Rod Laver on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And, Rod, uh, I mentioned that the Laver Cup, uh, which will debut September 22nd through the 24th in Prague of this year, and will pit six top European players against the world. Now, I know Roger Federer at least has said he wants to play. I think so has Rafael Nadal. How did the idea take shape, and, and how does it feel to have an event of this magnitude named after yourself? Well, you know, just, uh, the, just having the, be, the, be the name, the Lever Cup, uh, you know, is, is, is pretty amazing. It really happened, and how it happened, you know, Roger Federer is a historian to many things, and he feels that Open tennis has been here for 50 years now. He feels that open or open tennis, but amateur tennis is going to be lost. And you, when mm-hmm. you know, no one will know who Don Budge and Tilden and you know Kramer and you know Travert and all those people. You know, it's it's going to be that's going to be lost. And he says, you know, why don't we try and put, put let's, why don't put your name on the name and call it the Lever Cup, and that'll be a throwback to all the amateur world and. You know, I, I, I 
I'm I'm sort of thrilled that he's picked me myself because there's a lot of great players around that could could have taken it over and and I just feel uh, you know the Labour Cup you know it started off uh, at gangbusters we they put the put the tickets on sale and the 13,000 seat stadium was sold out in a day so wow you know, I think wow success wise I think it's it's got a lot of charm and as long as the players really believe in the competition. And I think mm-hmm. Roger and Rafa Nadal will be, you know, highlighted, I'm sure. And, of course, you know, with uh, John McEnroe captaining the rest of the world and Bjorn Borg captaining the Europeans. Yeah, I, I think it's got, a, it's got a nice twist to it. And I think the matches will be well played. You know, they're, they're the 12 top players in the world. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a three-day competition, and I think it'll be uh, for me. I'm thrilled that uh, I'm part of it. We well, should be. I mean, I know the site of the 2018 Labor Cup is undecided, and I think it's supposed to be in the U.S. I, you live in Carlsbad, just north of San Diego, so I'll ask you the obvious question: Any chance of putting it in America's finest city, San Diego? At the moment, I think the two teams or two cities that are up, which is Boston and Chicago other uh-huh. two teams that will be use, having it next year. And, uh, yes, it'll be in the States. And it's going to move around all over the place. It'll go down to Australia. And so, you know, I think it'll be a nice format. I think we're, we're I'm thrilled that, uh, you know, Roger feels that this type of a package is, is thing to be under. It's going to be the same format as maybe the Ryder Cup format in golf. So I think everybody is... is Eager to, to see the first one started. Well, I think it's a great idea. And we're speaking with tennis legend and former Chargers fan, Rod Laver on the Talk of Fame <laughs> Network. And, and Rod, I, I remember asking you once, if we went back to wooden rackets, who in today's game would excel? And you told me Roger Federer. And you stopped there. You just said Roger Federer. Roger Federer. Anyone else that I'm asking you now today that you can think of who would excel if we were going to wooden rackets tomorrow? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of players that, could manipulate those sort of rackets, but you know it's just a tough uh, situation. If you don't start off with the, the, the racket, a wooden racket, timing is everything. Unless you hit the middle of the strings every time, the ball's not really going to travel anywhere. And today's world with the composites, you can just you know, lay your racket on the ball and it'll go, it'll go back. And now you see what they're doing with Rafa's big forehand that he's got bouncing up right. so high it's a different it's a different game of tennis that's being played i don't identify with some of these shots that you know, players are coming up with you know it, it's it's neat you know i think the open the open world is you know with all the competition that's there now you know you're looking at the ladies that are playing at the u.s open and you got three in the semi in the quarterfinals and so you know maybe three in the semifinals and so it's a it's a different different world and Tennis is, is fun to watch, and I think, you know, we're just, I'm eager to see what the semifinals and finals of the men are going to do. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's funny, I, when, when you mentioned earlier about amateurs, when, when I lived in Newport, I, I, it was a great thrill for me to meet Chuck McKinley, Dennis Ralston, Cliff Ritchie at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and those were guys right. who were at the top of their game, but they were amateurs at that time. And then the Pro Tour came in, and uh, Segura and Gonzalez were there. 
And they didn't draw anybody at that time, but they were, of course, at the very front, forefront of that. We're speaking with uh, Rod Laver, who, of course, is a tennis legend. And since you mentioned the game, Rod, I, I will ask you about uh, the game of tennis. It, it's, it is more about power now than, than finesse. You okay with that, or, or is tennis missing something? Well, the, the, if, if, you, if you're watching it from an age group and the older group, we, we had to you know, move the ball around, and you had mm-hmm. to have strategy to win matches. And yeah, so you, you, the shorter shots were good. Smashing, you couldn't knock the ball away so easily like they do now. That side of it is lost. But I think the the way it's being played now, you know, the guys, they really are. There's some super super talented players out there. Yes, it's it's a faster game. Serves coming in at 135 mile an hour, and I and I do worry a little bit when it comes to where the size of the guys get up to be 6'8", 6'10", all of them being that high. It's going to be a game of serve and serve and and hopefully return. But if not, there's not going to be much tennis going to be played. It's going to be serving. And so, you know, it'll be be sort of fun to to see the transition going on. I think the tennis that Roger Roger Federer plays is an all-court game. The last match he just played, yeah, you know, I thought he played some great tennis. He did, and and to me, he and he and Rafa certainly lead the way when it comes to the the the, the game of tennis. And yes, 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 we've we've got some injuries with Murray and Djokovic and Wawrinka and this group. But when they get back, you know, away from some of their surgeries—not surgeries, but injuries—that they have, then yeah, you know, the game will won't be so open as it looks like it is at the U.S. Open today. Rod, thanks so much. Thanks for the time, and and best of luck with the Labor Cup now and for many, many years. Really appreciate it. Well, I thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's a thrill to be on your your show. Thanks, Rod. That was tennis legend Rod Labor. Up next, you're going to hear from a former Houston Oilers legend. That'd be linebacker Robert Bazile, candidate for the Hall of Fame's class of 2018. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Jason Taylor, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, this is Greg Olson, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. The better you drive, the more you save. Bears and bats, they live in a cave, but that's irrelevant here. So back to the subject we steer. Snapshot saves you money when you drive safe. I wear corduroy pants. I don't mind that they chafe. The better you drive, the more you can save. With Snapshot from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. Introducing the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. The only bed smart enough to sense your movement and automatically adjust to both of you to help you stay comfortable all night. It's even designed to help with this. Much better. Does your bed do that? The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is part of our biggest sale of the year, where all beds are on sale. Plus, the Queen C2 mattress with Sleep Number adjustability is now only $6.99. Final days end Sunday. For more details and to find a store near you, go to sleepnumber.com. The crack of the bat, the cheer of the fans, basking in the sun. Save now at Days In when you see your favorite team play. With over 1,600 locations, there's always a Days In nearby. Home or away with friends or family, bask in the sun at Days In. Book seven days in advance and save 15%, plus earn 100 Wyndham Rewards bonus points when you book at DaysIn.com. 
Terms and conditions apply. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a fourth hang of freedom Drive the American road And with a fourth hang of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit War, poverty, and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to sos-usa.org. Hi, this is John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I've seen firsthand what restaurant owners can do with the capital to manage cash flow gaps. Cabbage is so important. Cabbage provides lines of credit of up to $150,000. Apply online and you'll get a decision right away. Withdraw funds without reapplying. I signed up and had a decision in minutes. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses from every industry. Get started at cabbage.com slash owner or 855-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Uh, Rick Goslin? Yes, sir. Got a question for you. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means in 15 minutes I'm be on the phone. Smart man. That's why he's Dr. Data. For more details, go to Geico.com or just listen to Rick. You know what? Should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, Robert Brazil was eligible for induction to the Pro Football Hall of Fame for 28 years before the Senior Selection Committee last month, and Goose was on that committee, nominated him and Jerry Kramer for the class of 2018. And while he's not yet in, Dr. Doom is as close as he's ever been to a bust in Canton with the three of us among those who are advocating his inclusion. Now, he's a five-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowl linebacker with the Houston Oilers. He's also an all-decade selection and is often credited with being the forerunner to the 3-4 outside rush linebacker that began to dominate the game after Lawrence Taylor arrived in the NFL. But before there was LT, yes, sir, there was Dr. Doom, a Hall of Fame nickname for a Hall of Fame finalist. Robert, welcome Back to the show. Hey guys, welcome. And uh, again, I want to be the first to say for my family and to y'all and the senior committee, thank you for making me one of the finalists. Y'all don't know how great that feels in my house, in my hometown, and with me right now. <laughs> it's a great feeling, man. Well, you know, as you know, uh, Robert, very few guys escape uh, from that vast senior pool once you get dropped in there. Did you come to believe that? Dr. Doom's Hall of Fame chances were doomed after 25 years go by and you hadn't become a finalist? No, uh, no, I, I never, I have had hope because of so, so many things that run through my mind and through my heart. It's still, y'all got one of the worst jobs in the world. But for some people, you know, y'all got to pick and to try to get two guys this year, one guy next year. There's so many senior ball players and NFL football players that's deserving. I think to be in the Hall of Fame and to uh, you know be able to say that one day they're they're finalists. But um, that job y'all got, I wouldn't want. 
I mean, I'd rather play football all over again and try to pick another Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, when you received the call from the Hall that you were a finalist, you were quite emotional. Did it surprise you how the news affected you, and can you explain why it meant so much to you? Well, you know, I've had time to think it all over because it was a very emotional time. I mean, I was sitting there with my wife and a good friend of ours, and Dave called me, Mr. Baker, and I said, ooh, and I pointed across at her, and this feeling that I got then, it was like, wow. You know, I thought when they told me I was a, a, a six-round pick in the, in the NFL, that was a good feeling. But this feeling, I guess I could describe it to y'all like, you know, have you ever heard or been in love with somebody, and you don't know if they really love you back? You know, you, you have doubts. Uh, not doubts, is a, that's a cold word. You just say, <laughs> you know you love me, but you, you don't show me. You ain't told me in a good little while. You know, but <laughs> this is what the NFL is telling me right now. Robert, you, 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 you work so hard, you love the game, and we love you back. You know, we consider you. We haven't forgot about you. We love you, man. That's what I feel about it. <laughs> Ron has that feeling about Rick and me all the time. Right. <laughs> when are you going to love me back? I'm going to in love with you. <laughs> yeah. We're speaking with Class of 2018 finalist Robert Brazil on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And, Robert, just to follow up on that, um, I'm just wondering, what went through your mind when you got that call? I mean, did, did you think back to when you first started out Mobile, or, or did you think of the, the, the coaches, old coaches, who had helped you along the way, all the coaches who had helped you? What, what actually went through your mind then? There's so many things went through my mind. Like you said, I thought about all the people that got me to this point, you know. I started thinking about Walter, what, what part he played. Walter Payton, when I say, when I say Walter, because I, I talk to him like he's still here sometimes. Walter, I think about Bob Phillips. I think about Bob Hill, my head coach, which has all passed away. I said, you know, this is the news I think they would want to hear from me, you know, that I finally got, you know, that uh, pat on the back or that somebody shined my shoes that day and said, okay, you can take another step, brother. You're pretty close to the Hall of Fame, you know. But I, it, just, it was such a warm feeling for me to just to have a, a good thought to just say, do y'all understand? I'm looking right at y'all in, up in the sky. Y'all laughing and having fun with me and crying like a baby like I am right now? <laughs> <laughs> You know, some guys of late, you know, have, have taken the kind of opposite approach that, that you have uh, to this whole thing uh, and gotten pretty bitter and pretty vocal uh, about not being selected and, uh, and in some cases even getting upset that they weren't a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's always seemed to me that that's a kind of strikes me as a disrespectful response to all these other great players who are out there still waiting like yourself. How do you feel about those guys when or how did you feel when you would here, this player or that player, you know, complaining. You know, I'm gonna and, be very positive. Uh, that's a you know a, a good question. I don't really because that's them. They they have to deal with themselves after this is all over with. I want to be able to face anyone and and know that I gave everybody a fair shot and everybody gave me a fair shot. That's something they got to deal with. They well, I say my their maker. When I get up in front of the my good Lord, I'm going to say, good Lord, did Robert do all right while he was down here? Or he ready to come on up through them gates? Or do you got a couple of things I need to straighten up before I get there? You know, I, I, I can't, uh, can't answer be, 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 can't answer that question for nobody but Robert. I, you know, you got to give respect to the game, man. This, this is a hell of a game that we play. 
and it's a lot of good ball players. You know, they play football in, in Mobile. They play football in Mississippi. They play football in Texas. They play football everywhere. There's some good players in all these in all these places, and that's deserving to be where one day I want to be is in the Hall of Fame. Robert, if the Oilers had won one or both those AFC title games against Pittsburgh, do you think you'd be viewed, you, the Oilers, Bump Phillips, would be viewed differently? Well, I think the Super Bowl gives you more national coverage, yes. You know, um, that's one thing that um, I think that we, we won't never know because we never could pull, that, pull, pull it off. But, you know, it's something that beats me up all the time. You know, I still look at that call with the Mike Renfro call. And I, as one of the leaders of the Houston Oilers, you know, I, I want to, you know, smack myself every time I think this. We still had another well, another half or another, another game to play after that, after that call. And I'm one of the leaders did not gather up those other 10 guys and say, hey, man, forget that call. We still got to stop Terry. We got to still stop uh, Franco and we, I mean, and Lynn Swan them because they, they didn't, they didn't stop. They started piling it on after we over there howling and crying about one call. So, you know, it would it have made a difference for me, I believe, if we had made the uh, Super Bowl. Well, to follow Goose's question, Robert, uh, speaking of Bum Phillips, was he a better coach than he gets credit for? And, and, and where might you be or, or not be if he hadn't arrived in Houston when you did? Well, that's the only professional coach I ever had other than the coaches I had at the Pro Bowls. Baum was a special guy. Baum knew how to get something out of you in a fatherly way, but also a coach's way. Baum wanted to know you personally off the field as well as on the field, and he was so understanding. This guy, you know, uh, you know, I'm Robert Brazil Jr. My father is Robert Brazil Sr. Baum fit right now somewhere. Better than somewhere above, I could go to him as a yeah, as a son and like, coach. I got this problem. I got this problem. Bomb had a, a a pleasant answer. He had a truthful answer, and he had a true answer. So you know, I mean, he got the best out of me. You know, I, I want when it's, and when I I never felt like I let him down, but uh, and but I do feel like he got the best out of me, and I know he got the best out of my teammates also. And he don't get the credit that he does for a head coach. Has it been difficult uh, not to think of yourself as already in? You know, you, you get that call, and they say you're a finalist in, uh, in the senior committee, and, and I'm sure you know the history of you know most senior nominees get in. Has it been hard to, uh, to not already think of yourself as I'm in, or have you been waiting so long that you're pretty conservative about it? You know, no, it's, it's easy for me because I'm not there. You know, I've been waiting here. And uh, this is going to be a long season. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a long football season. I'm going to be calling some plays and playing some defenses all year, trying to stop somebody, get somebody in a Super Bowl 52 in a hurry. Because I really want <laughs> if I'm in there, uh, on my way there. But I know I do have a, a ticket to go to the game. But I want this season to go over so fast. Y'all don't know. I think it ended in September. <laughs> so you're not rooting for anybody you're just rooting for fast games right the best season I'm looking for fast games and two, two champions <laughs> hey Robert you have one of the great nicknames in NFL history when you left football to become an educator and tennis player did Dr. Doom's persona resurface either in the classroom or at the net well actually it, it, uh, it, it kind of got low but my peers kept it going so sports writers 
kept it going. In my classroom, I was either coach or Mr. Brazil. And that's the way I wanted it because I was touching some, some delicate jewels there, and I wanted the respect from them as well as the, the, what I had to give them is respect. So well, they, they couldn't call me Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom is just that football name. You know, my wife said after I got remarried, she said, I don't know Dr. Doom. I know Robert Brazil because this is my third, you know, my, my, my third wife. And when she got, she, she actually didn't even care about Dr. Doom. <laughs> this is Dr. Doom I had to bring back in there. And it's very, it's going to be very exciting for her to be a part of the NFL because she's, she was an educator too. She taught chemistry. So when we met, it was all about raising the family, seeing what we can do for these children in this world. Well, Robert, as a former tennis player, you might be interested in that we just got off the phone with Rod Laver, and I'm sure you know that name, one of the greatest tennis players, if not the greatest tennis player ever. Unfortunately, however, yeah, unfortunately, he was a Chargers season ticket holder in San Diego, too, so he has a town without a football team this year. So anyway, (laughs) uh, we just got off the phone with him, but he was great. He was great, and he loves football. Hey, I want to ask you something about uh, another team that left out, and that's Houston Oilers. I mean, um, they're gone, and unfortunately, by some people, they're forgotten. But I got to admit, when when Rick, Ron, and I talk, we miss that oil Derek logo, you know, on the side of the helmets. And I'm wondering if you do as well. I mean, uh, we, when I see it, I think of Billy Cannon, Earl Campbell, and also think of Doctor Doom too. But do you miss it? I miss it dearly. You know, that was one of the saddest days in my life when they moved out of Houston. I mean, I have, you know, Mr. Adams was a, a great owner. And I know he had to do what he had to do. But as a player and as a guy like me that's living over in the Mobile and having no ties to my Houston all the team, uh, no homecoming, no, you know, we would dance past Serena and bomb kept uh, a love your boo thing going over the 28 years. But this is unbelievable. This, y'all ain't going to believe who's calling me. Hollywood Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> My phone yeah. just a beacon. <laughs> One last thing, uh, Robert. The the day that the senior committee met, did you know they were meeting that day and were you sitting around by your telephone all day long? Or did you just sort of do the opposite and say, I don't want to think about this. Uh, just, we'll see what happens. Well, actually, me and my wife had been fishing the night before, and uh, that's what we was doing. We invited uh, one of my uh, sister-in-law uh, to give us some fish. We shouldn't have a fish fry. <laughs> but I did. I had some idea because uh, a couple of news people had told me what day they was going to be voting. I wasn't sitting around. I didn't do it for the draft, and I wasn't going to be sitting around for the Hall of Fame. I just said I had my phone on loud, though. I had my earphones. I wanted the phone call sometime that week, but I didn't know when it was going to be. Robert. We're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck with your Hall of Fame candidacy, and it's no surprise, I think you have three votes in this room right now. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, that, Sorry about the interruption, but that was LT and Hollywood Henderson messing with me on this. It must be <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Those are calls you got to take. <laughs> that was Hall of Fame nominee Robert, Robert Brazil up next. It's a two-minute drill. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Tree. Tree here, just calling to say thanks for letting me crash at your place the other night. (laughs) Well, on your place. It was a rough night. I had a bit too much wind, and I think I I might have broke your chimney, actually. So, yeah. Um, Oh, any chance you'd want to drop off my tire swing? Yeah. I mean, if not, that's cool. Okay, later. 
Trees won't pay for tree damage. Luckily, one call to the GEICO Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Not kidding you. We're talking about Geico. The Talk of Fame Network sponsored by Geico. Just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, there's a signal that we're almost at the end of our first half. So, Gooseman, you've got the two-minute drill. Let's get going. Which player was the most surprising roster cut? New York Daily News waived and claimed for $1. Vikings guard Alex Boone signed a four-year, $26.8 million deal a year ago. See you later. Boondoggle. Former Pro Bowl safety TJ Ward says the Broncos were unprofessional in the way they cut him. Is breaking up that hard to do in the NFL? No, but growing up is. His words would carry more weight if he said that about one of his teammates when they left. The Bears cut Victor Cruz. Has the NFL seen its last salsa? No again, Gooseman. As a matter of fact, it's cheap at the Falcons' new stadium. All I know is this, Gooseman. Victor is done dancing with the stars. (laughs) The Seahawks executed five trades over the weekend, and there were two dozen around the league. Are trades on the way back in the NFL? God, I hope so. I want to trade Ron for anyone related to Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Trades are back if they don't evolve a big salary cap hit. Wide receiver Jermaine Curse was one of those Seattle trades. He was sent to the Jets. Can he sue the Seahawks now for cruel and unusual punishment? No, sir, but he can sue the Jets. And you know what? He should. He'll have as much success suing the Jets as the NFLPA has suing the commissioner over discipline. The Patriots traded backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett to Indy for wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Who won that deal? Indy. Brissett is much better than Dorsett, especially when it's smoked and cooked. I can only say what Coach Belichick said. Why did you trade Brissett? To get Dorsett. <laughs> what does that 4-0 preseason mean to the Cleveland Browns? It means they're still trailing the Indians. It means about as much as Hugh Jackson saying they're playing to win. What does that 0-4 preseason mean to the Atlanta Falcons? Same as 4-0 does in Cleveland. Squat. It means Super Bowl hangovers are hard to shake. How much will missing all of training camp in the preseason slow down Pittsburgh's Le'Veon Bell this fall? Zero. Zilch. Nada. Unless someone ties his shoes together? Not at all. Whose homecoming was more heartwarming? Dorothy returning to Kansas or Brock Osweiler to Denver? Dorothy Hamo returning anywhere we are. There's no place like Denver, Toto. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the end of the first half. But stay where you are. We have NFL story John Turney, season predictions, and former Seals great Andy Russell coming up in hour number two. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, this is Neil Smith, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. 
what my mom said. This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a full tank of freedom Drive the American road And with a full tank of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit Thinking about a fun getaway this fall? A favorite amusement park, watching the leaves turn, visiting old friends. Days In can help you get there. With over 1,600 locations, no matter where your travels take you, there's always a Days In nearby. Bask in the sun and save now on your fun fall getaway at Days In. Book seven days in advance and save 15%, plus earn 100 Wyndham Rewards bonus points when you book at DaysIn.com. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Put this thing on, because it's getting ready to be on. With Ron Borges. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. Rick Gosselin. No, 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 there's two O's in Goose Sport. And Clark Judge. Hold the wrong Hold the wrong On SB Nation Radio. Well, welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network. And guys, I guarantee you one thing. Well, even the police department might be holding the rope, but it's not going to be holding the flag. No, sorry, <laughs> not this weekend, it's not. That's because the union representing Cleveland's police and emergency services personnel announced that, well, because the Browns had about a dozen players kneeling during the national anthem in preseason, it was going to stage a demonstration of its own. And not, you heard me, Ron, not unfold the flag at the team's home opener. Goose, your reaction? Well, it's freedom of speech across the board. Players opt to kneel. Police opt not to hold the flag. You know, we are speeding in the direction of the national anthem being played before the players come out of the field. That'll remove the politics from a moment that was designed to promote national unity, not individual politics. Well, as Goose says, it's what America is all about. You say what you got to say. I say what I got to say. Somebody else says what they got to say. I would only say this to the uh, members of the police and fire departments. Just don't complain later if the Browns say we're going to use some other folks to hold those flags in the future. And, oh, by the way, free tickets can't help you. You know, Maybe then they'll have a little understanding of what it's like to be Colin Kaepernick on the outside looking inside. Right on the flip side, there goes a police escort to the game. That's well, correct. <laughs> That's right. Ouch. Somehow they'll get there. <laughs> well, Ron, as you said, you by say the way, what you're I've never s- felt that that was the best use of taxpayer money, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you say what you got to say. They say what they got to say. I'll tell you what Hugh Jackson said. He's the coach of the Cleveland Browns. He said he respected their decision. In fact, he said, quote, they are entitled to say what they feel, just like I said about our players, and I respect that. It's all in the spirit of political correctness. Everyone can say and do whatever they want in football as long as it doesn't interfere with the 60 minutes they spend on the field on Sunday afternoons. Yep, you can say whatever you want in football, Clark. Just can't tackle anybody. Well, you know what, Goose, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I like your idea. The idea of, uh, you say, it's speeding forward towards uh, speeding toward the national anthem being played before the, the guys come out on the field, before the teams come out. I think you're right. I think that by, probably is where they're going. By midseason, I think we're going to be there. I, you I on think board that with these, that, Ron? That these protests well, I'm on board, grow. Clark, with your dad's point of view yeah, on this. Not played at all. Right. right. I mean, not, it's, not, it's not, you know, for a really special occasion, fine, but you really reduce yeah. the 
impact yeah, tri- of the whole thing. Trivialize it. Yeah, you're right. July nineteenth, a Red Sox game. They're playing the national anthem. Ronnie, I'll tell you what I respect. I respect our producer, Derek Burns. He's over there waving his hands, telling us to go to commercial. So we will. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Jason Taylor, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how... If you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. I'll tell you what I respect. I respect Geico. Maybe you should too, because the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico. Where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, a couple of notes before we move forward. Pittsburgh Steelers, as we mentioned, announced their inaugural Hall of Honor class. And not too surprisingly, it includes 23 Hall of Famers. But it also includes four guys who aren't in Canton, including one of today's guests. That would be former linebacker Andy Russell, who is coming up later in this hour. Now, the three others, including Andy, are Elsie Greenwood, Donnie Schell, and Dick Hoke and Gooseman. That gives you an idea what the Steelers think of these guys. I think what you're, they're telling you is they think they're Hall of Fame worthy. Well, I think of the case of Greenwood, Russell, and Shell, yes. But in Hoke's case, I believe he falls into the contributor category. He was honored as much for his 35 years there as Pittsburgh's running backs coach as his 10 seasons as a player. He was only a pro bowler once in his career, but he coached a bunch of them. Franco Harris, Jerome Bettis, Barry Foster. But without question, the Steelers believe Greenwood, Russell, and Shell all belong in Canton. Goose, Dick Hoke, or Pirates third baseman, Don Hoke? I want the, the pirate, the Pittsburgh Pirate Bucko mascot. Oh, wow. Everybody <laughs> loves a pirate. Everybody loves a pirate. <laughs> Not everybody. Everyone likes a Pittsburgh pirate. I love those sleeveless uniforms. Those are great. Hey, um, Mel Blunt, who we've had on this show, Hall of Famer, said, quote, these guys are all Hall of Famers, whether they're in Canton or not, unquote. Moreover, he said he believes the abundance of Steelers in the Hall hurts, and those are his words, they're not mine, hurts their candidacies. Goose, you believe that? Yeah, I believe the fact there are nine Steelers in the Hall of Fame uh, from the 70s hurts, specifically Greenwood, because he's been in the room the most times, six. You know, I thought the fact there were nine Packer Hall of Famers from the 60s hurt both Dave Robinson and Jerry Kramer. Both needed to have their candidacies resurrected by the senior committee, and that would be the case for Greenwood and or Russell. Yeah, I mean... He's right, uh, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, he, he's right. And, uh, you know, you do get to a certain number where you, you do have to start saying to yourself, wait a minute, is, like, everybody on this team a Hall of Famer? Really? Then how'd they ever lose a game? You know, it's... it's, it's, it's and, and I think one of the things that happens sometimes is a guy gets in who maybe was more borderline, but he was getting in or he gets in because of the overall success of the team. Another guy plays longer. Then when he comes up, they've shut the door. Whether they, you know, cyclically at least they've shut the door. Uh, so I, I think that's the danger, and I think it's happened to to LC. I mean, how many guys? I'd love to know how many guys were a finalist six times and didn't get in. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, be a lot. we're on. If, if the abundance of Steelers hurts, and Goose says there were nine from the seventies, how do you explain eleven Raiders from the seventies going in? 
The well, Hall you're right. There should be at least 13. There's no question. <laughs> absolutely right. The great injustice. Well, yeah, no, look, it's, it's sure, it's another thing that makes you. That was a great, great team. Everybody knows that. But you do have to sort of say to yourself, wait a minute, the team that beat them, yeah. uh, you know, has more guys in, uh, or they have more guys in than that team. So it does make you scratch your head a little bit. Uh, I, I think it makes for an interesting debate. I also think that they definitely got the door closed on them. You know, with Cliff well, Branch and, and, but, and a couple of those guys. And maybe deservedly so, you know, maybe deservedly so. Scratch your head a little bit. Steelers have bit. four Super Bowls. They had one. Uh, well, that's true. But they did okay. have the one where they cheated. You know, they made the de- <laughs> deception. Right. Well, Ron, I'll tell you what surprised me, though. He still uh, hasn't caught that ball. <laughs> <laughs> what surprised me was not the guys on this list, but that there wasn't a list, period, until now. I mean, virtually every team that I know of has a Ring of Honor or a Hall of Fame. And you figure, of course, the Steelers with their rich history would have one. But no, uh-uh, not until now. Well, they didn't need a ring of honor because they had a clubhouse in Canton. You know I mean? <laughs> Half the team was in Canton, so you didn't really have to give them anything. Uh, I think in general they're kind of nice things, you know, individual teams. Uh, but I do think you have to be careful uh, with these team ones. What's your criteria? You know, mm-hmm. if you're not careful, you're putting in guys who uh, maybe you liked them and maybe a little bit of a fan favorite, but they really weren't. I've seen that already start to happen here in New England where they've started a Hall of Fame, and they, they haven't been going that long. So I think you have to be careful with those team halls of fame. Well, I said there were a couple of announcements here, and there are. Second one is the Philadelphia Eagles are putting former kicker David Akers in their hall of fame. He's going to be inducted October 23rd, and Goose, I think it's deserved. I mean, he's the franchise leader in points, field goals, and games played. And he was an all-decade choice for the 2000s. Yeah, I think more teams should be willing to embrace their own history. Not all of these players will get into Canton, so a team hall would be the highest post-career honor they'll receive. You know, David Akers is a classic case. You know, the Eagles also have Timmy Brown, Mike Quick, Jerry Sizemore, and Jeremiah Trotter enshrined. All players whose careers fall short of Canton, but certainly qualify among the greats in franchise history. Okay, Ronnie, got an obvious question here because you are Captain Obvious. Yes. Would the Hall more willing to listen to the cases of specialists? I think we've had two in the last four years. Does Akers have a Hall of Fame case to be made? No, I don't think he does. I think he's a good kicker, you know, and, and I think kickers and punters and return men uh, deserve a, a place in the Hall of Fame. But I don't think, you know, every guy who's a leading scorer uh, on their, in their team's history, which almost always is, is probably always is going to be a kicker, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think you've got to make the really big kicks that everybody mm-hmm. remembers uh, if you're a kicker. And when I think of David Akers, I, there's not a lot of kicks that immediately jump okay. into my mind. Quick, guys, other than Adam Vinatieri, you guys see any specialists on the horizon who could reach Canton? Goose? I'd say possibly Jason Hansen, third all-time leading scorer, kicked over 50-yard 50, 50 field goals. Okay. Ron, do you see any? Not really. You know, I'd like to see a return man. Brian Mitchell, I'd maybe? Like to, uh, yeah, Brian Mitchell, I think, is... is White shoes. Look, he's got every record there is. Yeah, so, right, right. Uh, if the best guy doesn't get in, who else should get in? Yeah, this guy should get in. Oh, wait a minute, he's already in. In case you don't know it, that's the call for a resident answer man, Dr. Data, who is in the Hall of Fame. He's always brought to you by Motel 6. Log on to motel6.com. And Dr. Data, yes, our Rick Goslin, will leave the lights on for you. So, Goose, let her rip. August is over, and we can now put those meaningless preseason games behind us. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, right? What does matter is coming out of those games healthy. But there is one thread of meeting in those games that, if it can be believed, forecasts a Green Bay-Pittsburgh Super Bowl this February. 
Only 11 of the Super Bowl champions suffered losing records in the preseason on the way to those 51 Lombardi trophies. That makes the Atlanta Falcons and the Oakland Raiders long shots to reach Minneapolis next February. They both went 0-4 this preseason. And only one 0-4 preseason team in history has ever gone on to win a Super Bowl. That was the 1982 Washington Redskins. 35 of the Super Bowl champs finished the preseason with winning records. That puts the Chiefs, Giants, Panthers, Saints, and Vikings in peril. All finished 2-2 this summer. The last two Super Bowl champions went 3-1 in the preseason. The 2016 Patriots and 2015 Broncos. In fact, 13 of the Super Bowl champs posted 33-1 preseason records. By far the most common preseason finish by teams hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of each season. And that's why the Packers and Steelers loom as the favorites in 2017. They were the only two NFL teams to finish this preseason, this preseason with 3-1 records. Vince Lombardi always believed the winning started in August. Five decades later, that still holds true. Winning or losing may not matter in the preseason in today's NFL. But if you fancy yourself a playoff contender, it's in your best interest to win more than you lose in August. Well, Goose, if winning's a habit, like coaches like to say, is it a more uh, of an important habit to develop in the preseason for the top teams or for teams that are on the rise or think they're on the rise? Well, I, w- I would say young teams. You want it. It's like high school, and college. The more you win, the, the more the, the better you feel about yourself. I would say the young teams, the young quarterbacks. So those are the type of teams you look at. But you know, I'll take you back to Lombardi, the veteran team, Hank Stram, same way in Kansas City. You know, Lombardi was. 38 and six in his uh, in the 60s in the preseason with the Packers, and Hank Stram was 40 and 11, and those were the two best teams, one in the AFL, one in the NFL. So there was some some uh, logic to start winning in August, but in today's NFL where health is such a, a a concern, I think the key is you you want young teams to to experience success. That's what Jimmy Johnson did at Dallas in the early 90s. Gooseman, quick quick now. Uh- What's your message for Cleveland fans? Their team went 4-0. and What's the message? Go find a quarterback and then come back to me. <laughs> okay. We're going to see if our resident historian, John Turney of the Pro Football Journal, agrees. He's up next. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to Geico. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how... If you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. So, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You're a Hall of Fame voter, right? I am. Okay. Proud Do you one. know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? I'd say if you had some Hall of Fame sense, you would have called 15 minutes ago. Smart man. You aced the test again. Ron's right. For more details, go to geico.com. You know what? Listen to Ron. Should have gone 15 minutes ago. 
At the start of the season is always a good thing, not just because we finally get games that count, actually count, but because we get to dial our favorite NFL historian, and that would be Pro Football Journal's John Turney. Now, John's a frequent guest on the show and a frequent contributor to our website, and that would be talkoffamenetwork.com. And today, today he's going to help us sort out what we're about to see this season. Now, John, first of all, great to have you back. Secondly, what in your mind is the most compelling story going into the 2017 season. Now, I realize we have things like the Ezekiel Elliott case and Andrew Luck injury to occupy us through the summer, but you know, I, from my vantage point, I believe it's the Patriots and Brady and how they make it back to the Super Bowl. I want to know what you think. Well, I, I actually, you, you took the words out of my mouth on that one. There seems to be a building dislike amongst a lot of stat guys that are out, you know, out on that, you know, interweb thing that are really trying to discount the achievements of what Tom Brady has done over the past 17 years. And they're throwing a lot of statistics out there and and really picking his game apart. I I don't have a huge dog in the fight other than I think Brady has earned the status as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. But I, I can respect people who have different opinions, but they really seem to be getting personal with a lot of this stuff. The other thing that I think is a compelling story, which is something that's very esoteric, which you know is, is what I'm into, is finally we get a chance to see J.J. Watt, hopefully healthy, along with the Jadavian, Jadavian Clowney, healthy. And having those two bookends in nickel situations rush the passer is something I've been looking forward to. Well, since uh, well, since Mario Williams was in that position, and we never really got a chance to see those two. So those are two things that I'm really looking forward to. John, I've seen some of that stuff. Uh, does, does it bother you, uh, the, the charts of all the short passes Brady throws? Um, no, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I, I don't, Maybe one day I'll write a, an email to all the Hall of Fame voters or to a, a lot of the writers and have them list the criteria. I mean, why is it that in sports – football especially, that championships matter the most for a quarterback. All those other things are important too, but winning the whole thing is, you know, we play to win the game. That's that's the whole point, isn't it? I would think so, yeah. Yeah. The coach so said I, that. So you guys will, you know, eventually there's going to be a, a team for the 2010s, and then there's going to be the 100th anniversary team. And my right. guess is Brady's going to be on both. I bet you're right. I think you're right. And you guys are all, all you all three of you are going to be voting on that, but that's just my prediction. Well, it's got my vote. Clark will be voting twice if he gets uh, <laughs> predict that for sure. But you know, one of the uh, uh, the things this is sort of a combination of this season and uh, the historical side of things. Uh, you know, Brett Favre a few years ago had a tremendous season at at 40 years of age when he they were 12 and four with the Vikings and really was one ill-conceived pass away from taking that team to the Super Bowl. Was that the greatest season by a 40-year-old quarterback, in your opinion, John? And do you see Brady as the kind of guy who, at 40, can duplicate that kind of thing? Uh, I don't think there's any question that Brady can duplicate that, if not even better. Now, it is going to be a little harder with uh, Julian Edelman out, but as long as he's got Gronk in there, I think the offense is going to move along just fine, and I think he's going to throw his 35, 40 touchdowns this year. So, yes, I think it's something he can do. Um, is that the best 40-year? I would have to look that up, but offhand, yes. I know that uh, some other guys came close, but I don't think anybody came that close to getting to a championship. And remember, they hunted him down in that game. Greg Williams' defense just just slaughtered him with 
questionable hits, shall we say. So he was even closer than that one pass, if you ask me. Had he been healthy, he probably wouldn't have thrown that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, Ron, he said Gronk, you know, with Gronk back. What yep. about the guy they got for Jacoby Brissett? Why would you trade Jacoby Brissett, Ron? For Dorsett. For Dorsett. <laughs> Coach Belichick, for Dorsett. For Dorsett. Uh, yeah. My, you know, my, my only thing with, with, with that particular uh, uh, deal, I think, is typical in New England. You know, a lot more is being made of that, in my opinion, than, than should be. Look, the guy was a former first-round pick uh, who has done nothing in two seasons. And it's funny because, on the one hand, people back in New England are sitting around saying how stupid the Colts are and, and uh, this, that, and the next thing, and they don't know what they're doing. Uh, and then on the other say, you know, what a steal getting this Dorsett former number one pick. Well, if they don't know what they're doing, then they probably didn't know what they were doing when they picked him number one. But I do think this. I think he, if he does nothing else, and he may not, you can put him on the opposite side of the field uh, or even the same side of the field as Brandon Cook, and it's going to be like the you know, the relays at the Olympic Games. You know, he just defenses back, so he's just going to be backing up before the ball snaps. So that might be interesting just to see what uh, double speed like that. Uh, presents itself, and, and maybe Brady gets off the short pass schnai, as some of these stat geeks are talking about. <laughs> hey, John, but, how, much, how much do you think he's going to miss Edelman? Uh, if you're asking me, I think he's going to miss him a lot. Gil Brandt posted something that was interesting today, although it was only seven or eight games, but Brady's passer rating without Edelman since 2014 is about 89. With Edelman, during that same period, it's like 107. And the win-loss record, I think, was in those 12 games was eight and four or seven and five. So it wasn't terrific. So it, it, in a small sample, it made a difference. Yeah. Well, Adam just, led the AFC in uh, third down receptions, right? That's the biggest thing. It's the third down thing because he's so uh, Brady is so relaxed and comfortable with knowing that Edelman uh, not, only, not only is right there, but he's going to get where he's supposed to get behind the sticks and and he can always go there, or at least feels he can always go there. I mean, they were the last time he got hurt was lost for an extensive period of time. They were nine and zero, and they went three and four the rest of the year. Now we'll see what happens this time. They've got a whole. First off, they've got plenty of time to uh, retool things. But I think I, I think one of the hidden things that uh, Goose that, that's going to make his loss important is it's going to force him to play Amendola more, and that mm-hmm. dude is made out of tissue paper. So there was, if he played 23% of the snaps last year so they could you know, get him to the end of the season, which they did. If he's got to play considerably more than that, I think they're going to be down two receivers before too long. But, Ron, just to follow up on your question or your comment about um, Dorsett, yep. Tom Brady, he makes ordinary players better, much better. He did it with Edelman, did it with Wes Walker, did it with Chris Hogan. He makes everyone around him better. Someone's going to emerge here, whether it's Hogan, whether it's Dorsett. Somebody's going to emerge. Maybe it's Mitchell. I don't know. Maybe it's some, But one of those guys is going to emerge. And I, I have no doubt, John, I agree with you. I mean, I think I don't see him dropping off the, the planet here. Um, you know, he did at the age of 39, 28 touchdown passes, two interceptions. He won his fifth Super Bowl. He did things what no other one, people do. People aren't supposed to be doing that. But he does it, and, and that's why I, I just think that that's going to be the story to follow. These guys are nitpicking. He won five Super Bowls. He's been to seven. I mean, that's what the game's about, winning. <laughs> well, I'd like to ask Ron what he thinks of uh, Cassius Marsh. I mean, I liked him with Seattle. He didn't get tons of snaps, but here's a guy who, who might be an upgrade to Nikovich in terms of getting a consistent pass rush if he gets the snaps. Well, certainly he should be an upgrade over what Nikovich was you know, in the last uh, year or so. I think one of the reasons he got busted for uh, steroid use was that he was fading and 
and you do what you got to do to keep <laughs> to keep going. So uh, I, you know, I don't think you, you we're talking about the next Michael Bennett, but I and I and I think part of the problem he's going to have is he's coming from a defense that was loaded with a lot of really good players and a good front, and they don't have a good front right now. Uh, you know, Trey Flowers is their most proven defensive lineman, unless you like the sort of Allen Branch two gap guy. You know, I just take up a lot of space, which he's very good at, by the way. Uh, but that's a weakness, and and their hope is that he's going to upgrade that, and he's certainly going to get every opportunity to do it because, uh, you know, they did ask me how much I weighed, so you know they're <laughs> they're looking for volunteers on that defensive line. <laughs> hey, John, I want to cut in here. We're speaking with NFL historian John Turney, Pro Football Journal, the Talk of Him Network. I want to get to some preseason predictions, so let's get started. We don't have a whole lot of time here. Let's start first with the MVP. Who do you like? Aaron Rodgers. Why? I think it's just one of those years where you just kind of feel it. I feel like he's he's ready to go. I think he's got lots to prove. I think he's been disappointed in how far they've gone in the playoffs or haven't gone. I think I think he's just going to start off on fire. I think this is going to be one of those 45 to 50 touchdown seasons. Best quarterback in football. You think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football? Huh? Yes. Yeah. Well, He's one of the two or three best I've ever watched, and he's one of the funnest to watch as well. Plus, I picked him in the, the Monday morning quarterback uh, all-time draft with Rick, so... I want him to do well, make me look there, good. There you go. In the end, it's all about you. You know, just never forget that. You know? uh, <laughs> which club do you think uh, that made the playoffs a year ago might fade and not get there this year? Hmm. I know it's going to sound crazy, but uh, I don't know that. I, I think Oakland could run through oh. a rough spell. You just hurt Ron. Oh, I've got to go lie down. Oh. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Well, I don't think they're going to be bad, but I think it's going to be a better division than we – it's going to be a good division with, uh, of course, Denver. I think they'll stay up there. I think Kansas City. But I think they could go 9-7 and seven and not go to the playoffs. That's my outlandish prediction. Oh, God, I don't feel well. <laughs> John, who do, you like in, who do you like in the NFC South? NFC South, Atlanta. You don't buy into Tampa the – I think Tampa Bay will be a, a wild card, too. Wow. You don't How buy about... into the Super Bowl uh, uh, hangover. No, I think they're. I think they'll get back to the playoffs. I think they'll win their division. Um, I just don't know if they can overtake Green Bay. But no, I don't think that'll happen to them. Quick, John, we got thirty seconds. So bad. That's a we, lot we got... of focus they've got to have. We got right. thirty seconds here. NFC East. Who do you like? Um, Giants. Ooh, ooh. And and lastly, who's the first quarterback to be benched this year? Uh, Tom Savage. Wow, okay. Wow. Well, John, as always, thanks for the time. Talk to you again soon. All right, thank you. See you, John. Thanks, John. That was NFL historian John Turney of Pro Football Journal. Coming up, you're going to hear from former linebacker Andy Russell, who's one of the 27 inductees into the Steelers Hall of Honor. That's next on the Talk of Fame Network. This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO. Com. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. This is Billy Shoes Johnson, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. The better you drive, the more you save. Bears and bats, they live in a cave, but that's irrelevant here. So back to the subject we steer. Snapshot saves you money when you drive safe. I wear corduroy pants. I don't mind that they chafe. The better you drive, the more you can save. With Snapshot from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. 
When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom said... This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a full tank of freedom Drive the American road And with a full tank of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit Hi, this is John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I've seen firsthand what restaurant owners can do with the capital to manage cash flow gaps. Cabbage is so important. Cabbage provides lines of credit of up to $150,000. Apply online and you'll get a decision right away. Withdraw funds without reapplying. I signed up and had a decision in minutes. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses from every industry. Get started at cabbage.com slash owner or 855-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. The crack of the bat, the cheer of the fans, basking in the sun. Save now at Days In when you see your favorite team play. With over 1,600 locations, there's always a Days In nearby. Home or away with friends or family, bask in the sun at Days In. Book seven days in advance and save 15%, plus earn 100 Wyndham Rewards bonus points when you book at DaysIn.com. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. The only bed smart enough to sense your movement and automatically adjust to both of you to help you stay comfortable all night. It's even designed to help with this. Much better. Does your bed do that? The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is part of our biggest sale of the year, where all beds are on sale. Plus, the Queen C2 mattress with Sleep Number adjustability is now only $6.99. Final days end Sunday. For more details and to find a store near you, go to sleepnumber.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You know what? Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, as mentioned earlier in this show, Andy Russell is a charter member of the new Hall of Honor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers announced the creation of the Hall last week, and Andy is one of 27 guys chosen for the inaugural class, joining, among others, Steel Curtain teammates Joe Green, Jack Hamm, Jack Lambert, and Mel Blunt. Now, Andy spent 12 seasons with the Steelers, enduring the hard times of the 1960s, and then celebrating the good times of the 1970s with his two Super Bowl rings. He served as defensive captain of that Steel Curtain for his final 10 seasons, went to seven Pro Bowls, and now achieves his greatest honor ever. He's with us, Andy <laughs> Russell. Thanks for being here. Hey, it's good to, good, good to be on. I, I look forward to it. Andy, you played in the Pittsburgh teams that won only two games in 1968 and one in 1969. The Steelers hired Chuck Nolan, drafted Joe Green in 1969, then drafted Terry Bradshaw in 1970. When did you get the sense that this thing was finally turning around and that the Steelers were on their way to becoming the NFL's team of the decade for the 1970s? Well, as you pointed out, uh, in uh, 
69, we, we, we got the best player we ever had, which was Joe Green. I mean, he changed the whole thing. Terry Bradshaw was one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, and he was he he came in '70. But it was really later in the early '70s that things seemed to turn around because you know the two guys can't win everything. But uh, you know, we all of a sudden we had Franco Harris and Lynn Swan and Stallworth and Hammond Lambert and you know all kinds of uh, uh, guys and um, really good players. Too many good players to to mention everyone. Now, you were one of those, of course, and you were a 16th-round pick in 1963, but you certainly beat the odds to make the Steelers. You intercepted three passes, I believe, as a rookie. But then you didn't play in 64 or 65. Uh, you spent two years, I believe, in, in Germany fulfilling your uh, a military commitment. And you were a lieutenant, so people were saluting you pretty good. And any time during those two years overseas, did you think, hey, maybe this is it, maybe my NFL career is just slipping, going to slip away, and by the time I get back it'll be over? Well, you know, the the 16th draft choice was was something that happened because my father, uh, who was a corporate executive, made me uh, promise I would never play pro football because it would humiliate the Russell family to have a son play a game for a living. You got to be a worker. He's yelling at me from Brussels, Belgium. But uh, uh, it, you know, then then I um, made the team and got and had and had to go in the military. I had to do that. It was something I had committed to. Uh, well, I, it really happened. It was a good thing because we had division-level football over there, and you know the divisions had were 25,000 men each, and uh, I uh, got to be the captain and the coach of the defense. And being the coach of the defense was really something that helped me a lot because I had to know what every single player was doing on the field, and you know I had I had to be a coach, and uh, it was a uh, pretty good and then I got some um, people you know helping me and as far as the Steelers were concerned because they the, the newspaper called the Stars and Stripes Army newspaper picked me as the MOP in the USA Europe and Japan <laughs> which was pretty amazing <laughs> We're speaking with former linebacker and the MOP in Europe, USA, and Japan, Andy Russell, on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkofamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at Talk of Aim Net. And Andy, that, that steel curtain defense we talked about, and it was assembled in the 1970s, it's considered certainly one of the great defenses, if not the greatest ever. Just wondering, when, when you're standing there in the huddle with guys like Joe Green, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, was there a feeling of invincibility on that defense? In other words, that the game belonged to you and not the opposing offense? Yes, uh, that's a very good question. And I would say it, we, we did feel that way because, uh, you know, we all of a sudden had this tremendous uh, number of great players who could make things happen, you know, make the make the make all the plays that they needed to make. And, uh, you know, we, we had uh, in the, one, one season we had five shutouts. Uh, in the last nine holes, in the last nine um, teams games, and then we also uh, held two teams held a single field goal. So those that was the seven games, and you know that's kind of unbelievable defense that you don't see in today's game. Because I think today's game they've they've kind of made it. Uh, they didn't want to see defense like that. And, you think? And uh, I think the, I think the NFL. Well, they wanted to see offense. Right. Andy, how would your defense have fared in today's game where you can't hit the quarterback, you can't hit the receivers, 
and the offensive linemen are allowed to hold. Yeah, well, that's uh, we would have uh, had some d- d- uh, more difficult uh, things to do, but um, you know, we we uh, we're, we're we're a very aggressive uh, team with Joe Green and uh, all the all those players I've mentioned, and uh, we. Uh, did not struggle to, to, to keep people, you know, from scoring a lot of, a lot of points. And as long as our offense was um, as good as they, they, they were, you know, we had, you know, guys like uh, Lynn, Frank Harris and Lynn Swan and Stallworth and, you know, all those really terrific players on the offense as well as Ibrecha, as well as uh, the, the good defensive players. You know, uh, Hammond Lambert and I made the, 24 Pro Bowl record for the NFL, and of course I told him that if, if I hadn't been in uh, Germany for two years active duty, I might have got a couple more, you know. <laughs> but you know the ego is a terrible thing. But uh, uh, you know they, they and Lambert had nine, Ham had eight, and I had seven. Uh, you know it's funny because many people think your 1976 defense, even though you didn't win the Super Bowl that year, uh, I was out with the Raiders that season, and they were happy to see all those injured players that you had. <laughs> Not playing in a playoff game, but a lot of people think that was actually your best defense. You you pointed out some of the stats of the the five shutouts and, and the two single field goals. What was the magic of that team, and was it a great disappointment to uh, have such a great uh, defense and not get to the final game? Oh, it was it was a terrible uh, feeling. I mean, uh, the the Raiders were an excellent football team. We 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 had a great respect for them, and uh, we knew they weren't going to be an easy. Uh, win on our our part, but uh, you know uh, we we were that game was close and it could have gone either way and you know you know it was just very interesting. We're speaking and, with former linebacker Andy Russ on the Talk of Fame Network, and Andy, uh, I want to follow up on that question about the the, the defense and the the guys who are on it. Um, you've got nine Hall of Famers from that team, not on just on defense, offense and defense uh, of, of the 1970s, including four on the defensive side of the ball. But there there really is a strong contention from Pittsburgh that Elsie Greenwood, for instance, Donnie Shell, and you all deserve stronger consideration from Canton than you've received. It, it does seem strange. Yeah, I must that's admit a, that's a rumor we started. Yeah, well, it's a good one because we agree. It does seem strange a linebacker went to seven Pro Bowls. You've never been discussed as a Hall of Fame finalist? I mean, first off, do you think about the Hall of Fame? Do you think about it? And and secondly, do you believe it is the numbers issues for the franchise? Because Mel Blunt said as much. Um, the, the, the voters have decided nine is enough. Well, that, that may be true. I don't know. I don't know if, what what, the, what that w- would would be. But uh, you know, the 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 Hall of Fame is something that we we all look a huge honor, and we we would of course love that. Uh, you know, I I remember um, about one time they 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 came up with the uh, All Pro squad of the 70s, and I was I made the first string on that, and uh, that was something that was done, that was voted on by the Hall of Fame committee. Do you think about the Hall of Fame? Do you think you belong? Do you think you deserve more consideration than you've been given? Well, um, I would say probably more consideration. Uh, you know, but but uh, I I, you know, you mentioned. Uh, other players that that deserve it, and you know, I, I'm 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 open to that, things like that. Andy Clark mentioned the Hall of Honor top of the segment. Some familiar names from Steeler history were left out of the inaugural class, such as Heinz Ward, Alan Fennick, and Bill Nunn. So, how much of an honor was it for you to be included in the charter class? Well, you know, it was it was a, a big honor. Uh, there there's 27 uh, 
players that were in that Hall of Fame, Hall of Honor, excuse me. And um, we, we, uh, all of us who who made it, uh, felt you know good about it. But obviously, those players that you mentioned that didn't make it, I think they'll probably get included in future years soon. You know, there's a famous line from Chuck Noll when he was cutting players. I always love this. He used to supposedly say, it's time for you to get on with your life's work. Did Chuck have to tell you to get along with your life's work? I mean, it sounds like your dad told you to get along with your life's work before you ever got along with your life's work. So uh, what did he say to you when the time came? Well, he called me in. I had uh, announced that I was going to uh, retire from the game. It was 76. I was, I think, 36, 37 years old. And it was it was time. You know, I, was, I had my business and so forth. And uh but I got a I got a call from Coach Noel, and, he, and they he, they said he wanted me to come into his office and talk to him. So I went in, and he said that he wanted me to play two more years and st- and still be the captain. So for I would have been the captain for 12 years, and I said, uh, No, sir, I'm going to seek my life's work. <laughs> and, I, and, he start, and he started laughing because I was the first player to ever do that. <laughs> That's great. Well, Andy, and we're speaking with former Pittsburgh linebacker Andy Russell here on the Talk of Fame Network. Andy, we had Phil Villapiano on here about a year, year and a half ago, and we asked about the Immaculate Reception. He goes, oh, you mean the Immaculate Deception? You were there, and because this is a fair and balanced show, you were there, so we want to get it from the other side of the line of scrimmage. You probably had as good a view as anyone from the Pittsburgh sideline. Catch or no catch by Franco? Well, you know, I I, I do think it, it was a, a an accurate catch. Uh, first of all, it was uh, who, the ball was 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 knocked back. Uh, you know, was was quite honorable on that. And then and then Franco, uh, he was right in front of me. I was standing right on the sideline, and I thought the ball was gonna was gonna be you know be wouldn't wouldn't be a a, a, a reception. And I hung my head. I didn't, so I didn't see it myself. But uh, I have seen films since then. One that showed that, that Franco did catch it and did not. The ball, the ball did not hit the ground when he took it. So uh, I would say it was a it was a immaculate reception, not a deception. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, since you retired, there have been 23 new stadiums built for NFL teams including Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Let me take you back a second to the 70s, though. How much did Three Rivers Stadium as a home field contribute to the aura of the Steelers? Uh, I have to say it was a huge, uh, you know, change because we, we were used to playing uh, at the at the uh, Pirate uh, Field, Forbes Field. Uh, that was the baseball field. So that's where we played our games uh, on Sundays. And then also we we played in Pitt University Stadium. So Three Rivers was an awesome, you know, new thing, and we all loved it. Andy, we loved this conversation. Unfortunately, time's up. But thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck with your Hall of Fame candidacy. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the the, the call. Thanks, Thanks, Andy. That was former Steelers great Andy Russell, now a member of the Steelers Hall of Honor. Up next is the two-minute drill. This is the Talk of Fame Network. This is Robert. Some of you know me as Dr. Doom Brazil, and we're on the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, this is Morton Anderson, and you're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark. 
Uh, the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, just log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing your computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hi, this is Art Shell, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. This is Adam Gaze, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Uh, yep, we're almost at the finish line, so Goose, take us home. Let's get to that two-minute drill. Jay Cutler, Jay Leno, or Jay-Z? Jay and the Americans. This magic moment. Nice. Jay Leno. The only guy funnier than Jay Cutler. <laughs> How much in Voshal Edge will the Texans have opening the, at home in Hurricane Ravage Houston Sunday against the Jaguars? Well, Goose, almost as much as the edge of playing the Jaguars. Hate to rain on your parade, but storm emotions don't last. The Chiefs and Bears are both open in the season with their veteran quarterback. So which rookie quarterback hits the field first? Patrick Holmes at Kansas City or Mitch Trubisky at Chicago? Trubisky. Bears stink. Chiefs don't. Trubisky will hit the field first, probably face first. <laughs> Corey Grant of Jacksonville led the NFL in rushing this preseason. What are his chances of leading the NFL in the regular season? Ulysses S. Grant has a better chance. He's got the same as Hugh Grant. None. The Saints open a season Sunday against the Vikings. What's the over-under on Adrian Peterson's rushing yards against his old team? 50. We're about as old as he'll look in December. (laughs) I say under 60. May have new motivation, but he's still got old legs. San Francisco's Navarro Bowman says he's the best linebacker in the NFL. Agree or disagree? Was? Maybe. Now? Uh Uh-uh. No chance. Hard to be the best linebacker in the NFL if you're not the best linebacker in your division. Why did 2016 second-round draft pick Suwa Cravens walk out on the Redskins? Because instead of calling him Suwa, they kept calling him Sia. Because life ain't easy for a boy named Suwa. <laughs> Who's the big winner this fall? Jets fans with football or Chargers fans without football? San Diego fans. Now they can spend their Sundays at Black's Beach. Who says Jets fans will be watching football? Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott Ness, or the Book of Ezekiel? Loch Nessie. Scariest thing I've seen since, well, since Ron and Shorts. The good book, because the good book will set you free, and Zeke's going to be able to use it. We'd like to thank Rocket Rod Labor, Robert Brazil, Andy Russell, and John Turney for joining us, Derek Burns for doing another great job of pinch hitting and producing us, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes or your podcast app. Otherwise, look for us at this time and on this station next week. We'll be here 
We hope you will be too. This is Ron Rivera, and you listen to the Talk of Fame Network. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom said... This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a fourth hang of freedom Drive the American road And with a fourth hang of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit Thinking about a fun getaway this fall? A favorite amusement park, watching the leaves turn, visiting old friends. Days In can help you get there. With over 1,600 locations, no matter where your travels take you, there's always a Days In nearby. Bask in the sun and save now on your fun fall getaway at Days In. Book seven days in advance and save 15%, plus earn 100 Wyndham Rewards bonus points when you book at DaysIn.com. Terms and conditions apply.